Mr. Bim. Oh, hey. oh wow, there we go. Bim's Mr. Bim. Oh, Mr. my <laughs> God. It's, it's Mr. Boogaloo. And oh, right. Sorry. Welcome to the show, everybody. Oh, welcome. Well, I'm your host, Asher Lack. With me are my co-hosts, Dr. Alan Sussman. I don't know where you are. He's not here today. Um, the Honorable Sorry. Sam Lazarus. Oh, that's he, me. Yeah. And Raphael Ruttenberg, ESQ. I got some theories about where Alan is. <laughs> and he, felt, he found the he was doing his research and he found a wormhole. And he got he got sucked into his computer's floppy disk drive, like in the movies. And now he's living, now he's trapped in digital space and he has to fight like video game characters. How come we haven't done Tron yet? Yeah, so season three of this podcast is us breaking Alan out of Tron World. <laughs> we have to solve puzzles in order to do it. Oh, it's like God. it's like Stranger Things with thirty somethings mixed with Tron. Oh, oh he's here! We did it! Oh my God, Alan, you broke out of the Tron jail. We thought yeah. you got sucked into your computer's floppy drive. <laughs> did you say floppy drive? I floppy. I'm, floppy floppy. I'm really sad that I. I, I just saw your messages, and I'm really sad that I forgot because there's so many things I want to say about this. Too late. This dumb movie. Yeah, we already finished the episode. We're done now. Yeah. We decided oh, wait. it was the best movie. Oh wait, hang on. For listeners who don't know, we're talking about the Apple 1980. <laughs> uh, you know, Steve Jobs Golden Mayer. disaster. <laughs> um, Golden my ear. I don't know, David Ben-Gurion. I can't remember the guy who yeah. made this movie. It doesn't it's fucking matter. It is neither of those people. Cool. There were a lot of moments in this movie where I was like, whoever made this movie like really likes Jews but isn't one. But it is. It is. This movie I mean, had the line, it's, it's, a, it's a mess in here. It looks like there was a pogrom last night. Right. Yeah, <laughs> that was insane. That's insane. <laughs> a fucking pogrom joke. The guy well, is that's from... in poor taste. What kind it is of incredible. everything about this is in poor taste? Yeah. Can we just the say reggae, that this movie is song like... is in poor taste? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a white person singing a reggae song about like when it feels good to be a master. <laughs> master. With backup with black backup Which... singers who are talking Which, who are singing way, about did... how it how he's a good master. That is insane. And this movie, you know, to watch this during Pride Month, we actually watch this on like Pride Day. I can't think of more a movie that is like more pressing the trope of like the evil homosexual cabal, like corrupting uh-huh. the the corn fed cis het like do gooder, you know, like pure protagonist. It's like that was every single second of this was like. Rocky Horror, except mean to you know to, yeah. to LGBTQ people. Well, like, well like, that was what I kept thinking about people. this movie was like, who is the audience for this movie? Because the movie is Disco like square. basically like like the movie negates itself, right? Because the movie yeah. is for people who think that all this new crappy music is bad. And want want to go back to like an earlier pure time, but the movie is filled with all this 
new music like it's time. george clinton you guys what it's george clinton george it's clinton. actually a different george clinton it's george s clinton who no uh, did no george s clinton played the one of the characters joel yeah something. he also did that no 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 he's a he's a film composer differently. really uh, I, yeah, oh, that's, it's that's not the point. same George Clinton. Yeah, yeah George Clinton, um, Funkadelic was not in this movie. But <laughs> I like Alan's point because, like, he wasn't in it. This movie, like, it seems to just be just a futile gesture in every respect of this being a movie. It is futile. Like, what? What was the point of this? I don't know. I I don't have words quite to express it. Like, it's insane. It's, it's like, like someone. It's like you know what it is. It's like someone wanted to make a movie, but had never read a book or seen a movie. <laughs> well, that's what the, that's, that that's more like what the room is like. I think, right? I was about to say this <laughs> feels like if Tommy Wiseau made a musical, except the the budget for this is insane. Like, yeah. there's actual production value. The music is incredibly well recorded. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's like it's like coked out gay doo-wop. For people also, who hate gay people, exactly. It doesn't make any like. Like, I can't imagine that anybody likes this movie, because either you like the music and hate the message, or you like the message and hate the music. I hate the music, like, right? Like it's insane. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's, it's like totally socially right. liberal, fiscally conservative. <laughs> fiscally liberal, socially conservative. No. To me the only person that I could see liking this movie. And then when I researched a little bit about the guy who made it, I was like, Oh, this makes so much more sense. It's like, this movie would make sense to me if I was new to America and didn't speak English and I was watching it and I just didn't know any of the words that the people were saying. And I was just like, Oh yeah. Like they're, this is like queen, except not as good. These like queen D sides. This movie's aesthetics are the height of cool in Israel this day. And we're going <laughs> in 2020. 5780, whatever it is. Oh God. Oh my God. Yeah. So this is cool. Still cool in Israel. This yeah. movie's unreal. It is just unfucking real. I think it's different from the room though, where the room is very much, you can sense it being just like part of like one guy's vision. This is not necessarily one dude's. I mean, this feels like you don't get the sense of authorship in this, if you know what I'm saying. Um, it feels like there were partly maybe, because it feels like maybe there were a lot of notes. I mean, I can't imagine the original version of this movie was good, but it, it does feel like there are uh, a lot of cooks in the kitchen. It feels like so far wide of the mark. You know, you're going to make a movie. And like the very, very basic, if you describe this movie, you know, you're just, just reading the Wikipedia, reading the IMDb plot synopsis, you don't get a sense even remotely what watching the, this actual movie is going to be like because we're so trained to view certain things in, in movies. We're so like to expect certain things out of movies. Yeah. And this movie has none of them. Right. Like the perfect example is like when the female, what's her name? Uh, female star in the folk duo. BB. BB. When BB is like suddenly in love with, and then the... that never comes back. Well, yeah. I mean, I guess she's dating, dating that guy. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, they're dating, but like maybe, like I think that maybe there was supposed to be a subplot about like brainwash, 
drugs in the drinks because it happens yeah. a couple times where people like drink something and then don't make any sense. Right. But they never explain it. But so I think it's just, just left drug, to be, like alcohol and drugs are evil, right? But yeah, I guess the, the similar DNA between this movie and The Room is that I think that both movies assume that you as an audience member are just going to like a protagonist because they are the protagonist. Like mm-hmm. there's no, they don't yeah. have any quality about, so like right. Alfie yeah. and what's, is it Johnny in The Room? The, the protagonists yeah. of both these movies are just the same nothing. And also there's crazy similarities between the guy who plays Alfie and, and Tommy Wiseau, where it's just like, do you know how words affect meaning? <laughs> like, have you have you ever had a conversation with another human? Well, well, Alfie. I mean, Alfie has the Alfie is at least good looking, right? Like he, he he's yeah, a good looking guy. Yeah. He doesn't look like a human. <laughs> left in the microwave. But he, but he, they sort of miss. Yeah, they sort of just miss the like. He's supposed to represent purity or something, and instead he just represents like completely vapid nothingness right and it's like it's amazing Tommy, that he's canadian like it just adds to the, the nothingness that the character is canadian it, it just adds yeah. to the nothingness of him well, I, <laughs> I forgot they're except, from moose jaw except his accent is like Australian. his accent is so insane his accent is from the fucking moon it is yeah. the only it's it actually eclipses i think the most insane robot house accent to date, which is the South African Lithuanian guy from the Manchurian <laughs> Candidate. Thank you. I'm so oh, sorry. yeah. Sorry. No, his accent was very distracting. Yeah. Alfie's accent was, was yeah. really distracting. Like, every time he talked, also, I was like, this guy just sounds insane. Yeah. Yeah, also, he completely lacks any character. Like, yes. there's just no personality in any of the characters. Yeah, it's, it's like, I'm a good guy and good guys do the good thing. And it's like, what, what he sounds Dutch. He does not sound yeah. Canadian at yeah. all. Yeah. Yeah. I've never heard a Canadian who sounds like that. I've heard Dutch people. We've all been to Holland. He doesn't say, they don't sound like that there. He sounds like he's from the fucking moon. <laughs> yeah. What I was thinking about this movie was... Um, Speculous and sweet waffle. What, what I was thinking about this movie was like, I, this I think is what um, Mike Pence would make if he had to make a rock, a, a rock <laughs> musical. Totally. <laughs> except, except, and I was thinking that all the way through, and then at the end, they, the, the kind of saviors of the movie are the hippies. So it still doesn't work. Yeah. Like, sort of. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the savior of the movie is... God, is Jesus? Like it's right. literally Deus Ex Machina. He comes down in his caddy or whatever. Yeah, which Mr. Tops, Mr. Tops. Which Can I have a, just... a lot of opinions about the fact that, like, in the end, what? So God drives a fucking Rolls Royce. I mean, this movie <laughs> is so powerfully reactionary and so like simultaneously, again, as Alan said, like self-negating in that it yeah. like both presents like an Aquarian utopia and. And is completely commercial and glorifies commerciality. It's like th- this movie is deranged. I just <laughs> one, can't even... one of my favorite moments in the movie is like when Alfie is like, "Be calm, he'll be here any minute." And she's like, "Who?" And he's like, "Mr. Tops, who you've literally never heard about." <laughs> yes, <laughs> introduced Apparently... in the last two minutes. Yeah. How would you describe this ending? No well, one mentions the ending. You never see this ending written up anywhere. <laughs> and it's just impossible to describe 
Probably most Which people don't make it that far. I don't know. It's also really important to the movie because you find out that Boogaloo is literally Satan. He's literally the yeah, devil, as right? If you didn't know that. And as Mr. Thompson is taking his pure followers to a different planet. To a different planet? A planet. They have a new planet. Oh, it's and so good. Mr. Boogaloo is like, Will you need me on this planet? <laughs> He's like, it's I like, don't think no, so. No, I think we'll do it without you this time, Mr. Right. <laughs> See how it goes. Oh my god. Yeah. Completely fucking batshit. Yeah. I mean, this movie, can we just say really quickly, like, again, you know, I think we've all had some experience making music. Certainly, I have made a lot of music in my life, worked as a musician professionally. These songs are like fake songs. Yeah. These songs are like they are so like bad. The, I just want to point out that Alan and Sam have all been in a band together, but not with you, Asher. That is <laughs> that's true. You the guys were the, in the greatest band of all time, and I have been a pale imitation and reflection of that for my entire career. On Ravens and Times, and they actually yeah. like sound. But I just want to say there is at least one fucking awesome song in this movie, and it's <laughs> one. Is it master? Song? No. Yeah, reggae slavery song. I no. I was kind of that one was no. in my head. I think it's like the second number where they show up at BIM headquarters and they're like waiting to go up to see Boogaloo. Oh my god. And the, the, the gallery <laughs> and, and the 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 time signature changes for the chorus. That song is so good. I'm oh sorry. my god. That song is Everybody's insane. off the fucking beat. Yeah, and it's like, we're yeah. in the lobby. It's so the good. choreography is bad. I don't know anything about yeah. dance or choreography, but it's bad. Yeah. Watch that scene again. That song is amazing. It, I what? I, 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 like, I, like the original song. I like the original song. There, oh, hey, hey, hey. Bim's on the way. Oh, which God. they also force everyone in society to do an hour-long <laughs> workout to every single day. What? Okay, also, this movie was made in 1980, and it takes place in 1994. They are assuming in 14 years, all society has collapsed, the devil has taken over, and the only product that the economy makes is a live music television show. Yeah. So, wait, what was 1994 actually like? This. No, it was we had, like, like Julio. Yeah, it was, like, post-Kurt Cobain. It was, like, the very beginning of like Matchbox Twenty type bands, and like people were putting gel in their hair, like yeah, oh, yeah. Cool. That sound, that like whatever new wave disco rock thing, was like meant to sound futuristic, right? So it's like a really interesting like re- like the mask is coming away. Like people who think about the future think about it in terms of the present. Right. So what is the most futuristic music now in the eighties? That must be what they'll be doing in 15 years. Ignoring the fact that uh, everyone hates disco and it didn't make it out of the eighties. But also beyond that, it's not like the music in this movie is, is not even cutting edge for 1980. It's not even futuristic for 1980. The music yeah. in this movie sounds like, you know, like mid-period. No, it sounds like mid-period Jefferson Starship. It's like, yeah, it's like this is the best of 1975. Like it doesn't sound anything like, you know, New Order or Joy Division yeah. or any of those bands that were actually yeah. like weird and futuristic in the 80s. I don't know. It in, makes, in, it's funny because it makes absolutely, you're right, it makes no attempt to be actually futuristic at all. 
Like it is very much like throwback music. So like Alan says, there's another internal contradiction there. It's like, this is the music of the future that hypnotizes the youth and controls society. And it's like, yeah, it sounds like really five years ago. Yeah. Uh, and also, yeah. hang on. Did you guys notice how many broken rhymes there were in the movie? Yeah. That were no, like, it was not written by English, English as a first language person. I'm convinced. Yeah. It was like, it was literally like, when I'm with you, I feel so mad. Sometimes it's like it's the opposite of good. (laughs) (laughs) I actually did notice that. I just noticed how much I hated all the songs. I think this is what we would come up with if we did like buttloads of coke and and wrote a movie. Maybe it's possible that this is the result of a drug binge. First of all, I want to say one thing. I want to say one thing. That's unkind of drug binge. Disco to the death. Disco is the people's music. Rock music is reactionary. Rock music has lost its place as a signifier of, of cult now. Of it's true, of uh, of being cultural a cultural outsider, and disco is the true music of the people. It is the vanguard music. It will be the music of the future. This not nineteen ninety four, but maybe twenty twenty four. You're wrong. It's, it's bluegrass. What's that? You're wrong. It's bluegrass. First of all, you guys bluegrass. are both fucking wrong, and second, second of all. This like future disco. You sound like Wynn Butler from the Arcade Fire. Let's get real here. Which P.S. That's what that reggae song reminded me of. Yeah. So is that it? Are we done? Are we done talking? About <laughs> I think we're done. Can we yeah. try? Break... I don't. Should we break the plot down? Um. Yeah. Sure. Yes. I think so. Uh, one. One thing. I. Oh, I remember what I was oh. going to say. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, Alan. What? Please go ahead. I was just going to yeah. say, like, um, when I think of bad movies like the classic bad movies that become, well, just sort of classic bad movies, some of which become like cult favorites. They, they hit, they check all these boxes of like, you know, bad, bad acting, bad writing, like the no sense of how time passes, like, <laughs> you know, of how much time has passed, like, uh, you know, they have a child. characters who just, who just suddenly change, change their personality randomly like they have no like you know there's all these there's all these things and 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 also strange racism and sexism that that pops in sometimes like this Mm -hmm. this movie checks almost every box and it's it's actually sort of weird that it hasn't become more of a cult favorite but i think the issue is that the songs are just so insufferable that it's just hard to sit through (laughs) this movie except for that one except for to me it actually makes it to me, that actually makes it better. It's like, because I know I know the cultural touchstone that this is trying to be. Like, this is this is Rocky Horror, but mixed with Invasion of the Thunderbolt Pagoda. Like, this is like trying to be Rocky Horror, but is like not the product of a like sound-minded body. Right. <laughs> what? Well, also, I don't think it was trying to be Rocky Horror. Like, I think that they honestly thought that this was going to be like Grease. Like they thought that this oh, yeah. movie was like Greece, except set in the future. That to me was was like the the idea in their mind. Except they just it almost was if somebody had like come out of a coma or like arrived on a spaceship <laughs> and then made this movie. Because I just yeah, don't understand. All they had was musicals from the sixties and seventies. Well, but like I just th- their ideas about how the world functions in every single element of this film make no fucking sense whatsoever. <laughs> like, like, 
Okay, I think we should break the plot of this movie down Wait, to whatever degree yeah. we can. Oh. I think my and windows are about to break from this fucking hail. Jesus yeah, Christ. stay down. God is punishing us for having watched this movie and making fun of his perfect creation. Okay, I think we should we should try to break the plot of this movie down. And I'm sure that more of the like insanity of this thing it's will gonna be come out as we go. Like there is something yeah. to to say about every single line. In the, like every single yeah. line in action of this movie <laughs> is ridiculous yeah. for a different reason. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're totally right. Yeah. I mean, again, we open on like an American Idol style competition where it's like they're singing the BIM theme song and BIM is the company, but it's also the money or BIM marks. And it's also right? this and, band, uh, right? <laughs> it's the name of the band. BIM also? Yeah, I think the band is also called BIM, but like other, it's. It's, it approaches like 1984, like Ingsoc level insanity, where it's just like, oh yeah, this is the word we use for all other words now. We're just gonna go into a world where we only say BIM. Right. Like, I Which is very confusing initially, yeah. Yeah, Which it's very, it's very Hebrew. Like Alfie, BB, these are very Hebrew sounding names. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, Menachem Begin did make this movie. Right. Oh, it's Menachem Golan, by the way. That's the one. <laughs> this stupid fucking movie. <laughs> I, honestly, also, like, as I was watching it, and when I was done watching it, I don't know if you guys have this feeling. I get this with particularly horrible movies for this show, where I get to the end and I'm like, wait, what? I don't remember anything I just saw. Like, that that, that was, like, evaporating as it was raining on my brain. Well, none of, I feel like none of it mattered. Um, yeah. It, yeah, I think this is... I've never been so sure of a movie being bad so quickly. Like the, the yeah. first song is just so repetitive and and bad. Well, it's actually interesting because you know songs are repetitive, right? Like like actual real songs that you might really like are repetitive, uh, and sometimes they'll repeat the same line over and over again. But if you never heard a song before, and it's also not that good, then it needs it needs to not do that. Yeah, it's really bad. Right. It's supposed to be like a power ballad. I'm not power ballad, that's not the word. But Monster like a, ballad. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> a, like a stadium song. Yeah. Yeah. So not and it goes, uh, hey, 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 Bim's on the way. And they say that yeah. many, hey, many hey, times. Bim's on the way. <laughs> yeah. Which power also? And it's, like, not a mon- it's not a monster ballad. It's just like a regular pump up song. Yeah, it's a jock jam. It's a jock jam. It's what I call music fourteen. <laughs> I, I don't think a plot breakdown is important. I mean, okay, here, look here, but, I'll do it. Okay, okay. This movie is bad. No, don't it's not. watch it. No, we can go it's good. There. Watch it. I would no, do say not this watch movie it. Is horrible. <laughs> I would say and watch watch, it. watch the song. When you are a master, and then just like, <laughs> invent the rest of it. Invent the and rest of it. And also, life is nothing but show business. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, so basically, the movie is like a like a rags-to-riches success story of a woman who is part of a folk-singing duo that gets an appearance on this American Idol-style future television show, and she gets co-opted by... Mr. Boogaloo, who is the devil. Boogaloo, actually. Boogaloo, sorry. Well, it's weird because Alfie calls him Boogaloo. Wait, and I everyone think everyone else calls right. him. 
It's spelled with a W. But doesn't okay. BB call him? Some people do call him Boogaloo. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Which I think it's an accent thing, but it's definitely spelled with a W. Okay, fair enough. I was anyway. We could just call him the Boog. Yeah. Call him fair the enough. Um, Give some respect. But no, I do want yeah. to say like, yeah, when the folk singers come in, so there's that horrible first number, right? And then the first, and then the folk singers come in as the second competitors on this American Idol show. And they're singing the most asinine song you've ever heard in your life. And then you realize that these are the protagonists. These are the people that you're supposed yeah. to like. Right. These two, the whitest people you've ever seen in your life, singing like yeah. just uh, the most asinine, like, uh, yeah, moose moose, you know, <laughs> commercial for soap. Like, the Moose Jaw National Anthem. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad and like and doubling down on it the camera goes into the audience and you see like some woman who's like lost in reverie as a result like she's like oh my heart is breaking stop stop yelling at them this is so good yeah i have a personal story like this i went to see andrew bird with this on a date and like i had Why would sort you of go to his date that's oh, what? okay, great. So, <laughs> um, so I, yeah, I, I hadn't really listened to a ton of his music. I'd listened to a couple of songs and I was like, okay, I'm down. This was in like 2003 or four. No, it was five. I think he was touring mysterious production of eggs. And, and my date was a music journalist and we were standing there and I'm like, you know, tapping my toe or whatever, kind of like vaguely into it. And I look over and my date is like, holding herself like singing along with her eyes closed like one of those like praise rock videos she have like the one hand up with the open palm like Christian yeah. it, was, it was getting into that territory and it reminded me of this in this movie where it's just like mm. get the fuck off the stage and then someone else is like no this is amazing shut <laughs> up listen to my this my life song. is changing right now listen to the words so that's the opening of the movie. Yeah, and you're oh, you're... oh, oh, sorry. I have to interject for a moment because the question that I really wanted to ask everybody, specifically Raph, is how the fuck is this sci-fi? But I just right. answered it. It's that scene. The end of that scene, they put on the, when they're doing the, oh. the love song, they put on the red tape. <laughs> and the red tape is like, beep, 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 beep. And everyone starts hating the song. I thought yeah, that, I thought that scene is like. What Wait, what are you talking about? Well, I know what he's okay, the it's sci-fi is like... because Mr. Tops drives a Sky Rolls Royce. <laughs> <laughs> what else do you want, Mr. Tops? No, no, wait, I'm pretty sure. I, I'm pretty sure all that happened there was that they put on a tape over the speaker that the people in the audience could hear, and the people like recording could, could not, and people on stage or recording could not. So, so the entire audience got okay. pissed off, but it wasn't, and it looked like they were getting pissed off with the song, but they were actually just annoyed with oh, these so weird sounds that were coming out of the speaker. I thought that's what it was. Okay, so I have a question. Why did Mr. Boogaloo need to rig a contest that... <laughs> that he runs. That he runs. <laughs> and that they didn't like the song anyway. Well, no, no, no. But, but yeah, but then they did like the song. But then they did like the song anyway. They did like the song and they were like, 
oh, they hate this song. Wait, no, they like this song. Oh, uh oh, we better destroy this song, but we want right. to sign them. It was just like, okay. It's a mega sense. Yeah, nothing yeah. you guys but do makes Can any we go sense. back to my, my original question? Like, why, why do we watch this movie? Isn't this supposed to be a sci fi podcast? It takes place in 1994. Yeah, it takes place in 1994, the not too distant future. The <laughs> right. future of 1994, where instead of Ace of Base the Sign and Boys to Men, I'll Make Love to You, the top song is Hey, Hey, Bim's on the Way. That's sci fi. That the government forces you to work out to for an hour every day. Well, who knows if it's the government or not? Like, no, none of this is clear. Well, okay, yeah. The they are the BMS, they, the government. Okay, so that's the thing that's like completely unclear. So it cuts from this fucking contest to then the folk duo gets to go to the devil's penthouse and like party with him where he tries to sign them to his record contract and he gives the woman drugs. And she just straight up, BB cheats on Alfie like immediately. She yeah. walks through the door <laughs> yeah. and is just like, this. This fucking guy who looks like Roger Daltrey. I have to go have Alfie's, sex with him. Alfie's dick game is fucking whack, apparently. Also, Alfie's <laughs> being a humongous bitch throughout the entire thing. There's no reason Alfie, for him to be such uh, a bitch about all this stuff, but he just is. You never get a sense of like what his character is, other than he's like really uptight about everything all the time. Right? Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he just, yeah, just, just sign the fucking con- contract. Like, why are you whining about it? Just give <laughs> yeah. your soul away to the literal devil. I mean, thinking no, about I, it. I know you're jesting, but we're not actually given enough information to believe yeah. that Alfie. I, we're supposed to assume that Alfie is behaving rationally, but he's he's really not. No, yeah, he's he's having sense. hallucinations and yeah. like nightmares yeah. from the drop. Yeah. yeah, from the drop, and without being dr- drugged. Yeah, yeah. Wait, yeah, yeah, exactly. the The protagonist of our rock musical does not drink alcohol, like Zero they, alcohol. or play rock music. Well, yeah, uh, but it's a rock musical. I mean, it, well, it's not, but it's, uh, it's like, contemporary look, music. The music that Alfie sure. makes is like if bread was too hardcore for you. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like, you need to, it's, like, it's like bread without the crust. It's <laughs> 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 like the Subway Eat Fresh of fucking rock music. Regardless, Alfie's music makes James Taylor look like Bark by Kearney's. Like, <laughs> basically what happens after this is Alfie oh, no. gets his oh. ass thrown out and BB gets taken <laughs> into the bosom of success. And again, it's, it's weird because it's like, this is a movie about somebody's, Carolyn pointed this out. I'm stealing entirely from her. They're like, this is a movie about somebody's like rise to fame. And we don't even see the, like anything interesting about the fame journey. Right, it's right. like literally her on a treadmill while the devil sings that song about like, doesn't it feel good to be a master? master. Yeah. Which, and again, he's he and his entourage are coded as incredibly gay, while Alfie is like <laughs> Mr. Hetero Man, which makes very little sense. Um, <laughs> well, and and like the protect, like the good guys are the whitest people you've ever seen. And then, like, the bad guys oh, yeah. are, like, black woman, black guy, and Mr. Boogaloo, who is vaguely foreign. Jewish. Yeah, oh, Jewish. And, and He-Man. And He-Man. Yeah. Bulldog. Boogaloo is clearly Hungarian. Right. Because he's also <laughs> a vampire. The, uh, right. the security guards that have the uh, underbite, like, fangs. Yeah. You guys notice that? Yeah. Oh, yeah, 100%. Who are wearing, like, 
full-on leather gimp outfits. Yeah, man. Um, oh, my favorite line from any song in this movie. Meet an actual, 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 actual <laughs> vampire. Yeah, that's... God. <laughs> there was someone in the credits an actual vampire. Yeah, yeah. Because oh, right God. when they say that line, an actual, 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 actual vampire walks by. I just wonder if when they were writing these songs, they were like, people are going to love these. Like, they're going to be... They're just going to be classics. People are going to be singing them forever. Like, you know... This soundtrack was released. You could buy the soundtrack <laughs> on record. Not that. only that, when like, they premiered the movie, they gave everyone advanced copies of the soundtrack, which the people then threw at the screen, <laughs> prompting, prompting Menachem Begin to consider suicide until his brother kicked down the door of his hotel room and was like, no, it's not worth it. Television <laughs> is beautiful. Really? Wait, that was that's yeah. his brother, Tommy Wiseau. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's amazing. Um, what a coincidence. I guess yeah. it runs much I mean, this, this movie, so basically the rest of the movie is just like her journey through fame, which we don't see at all, other than like she's starting to eclipse the other BIM artists who are all named BIM. Yeah. And there's like weird jealousy no, there's BIM Corporation. Andy and Dandy? Is yeah. that their name? Dandy. Is Dandy the guy who looks like Roger Daltrey? Yeah. Who also has a number where like he's wearing a, like a gold lame like cod piece and then turns around and it is a full thong. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, did you okay. I wanted to talk about the costumes in this. Uh, this is, I think, the most insane. Like this beats Zardoz. Yeah, it definitely. Costumes. This beats Zardoz. This is the crazier costumes in Zardoz for sure. I mean, what do you guys, and, you guys agree? Yeah, I would I agree with you. That. I also think that, like, I, I was. This movie has a lot of that weird, like, reactionary like mid to late seventies anti-Aquarian vibe that Zardoz has, Logan's run has where there's like this sort of nominal concern about like corporate dominance, but ultimately everybody is super thrilled to, to capitulate to it in the end. And there's like this sort of faux nod to like, you know, yeah, wouldn't it be great to live in an ideal world and like hippie community and peace and love, except, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I feel that's more Aquarian than a fucking guy in a white tuxedo coming down in a Rolls Royce and picking you up into another planet. The chosen elite. What's more Aquarian than that? I think you're half right. Like, I think the point of this movie was to say, like, that we need to go that way. That we that the hippies were right, you know, and that we fucked up. But it just does such a shitty job that it feels completely <laughs> Well, it feels false. very tacked on. Yeah, but I mean, that all that stuff happens in the last 10 minutes of the movie. Yeah. Right? But, like, why would you put it there if that's what you were trying to say? I think that, yeah, I think you're right. I think that's what it was trying to say. You're right that it's trying to say that. But then the, the response or the world that it outlines, and this is exactly where it's in line with Zardoz and Logan's Run, is, like, a total heteronormative. It's, like... Husband, wife, marriage, children, right? Like that is the only vision of the future that we have here. It's like we revert to this kind of like regular old world where I'm going to go yeah. to work and you're going to have some kids and we're going to live in a utopia. 
Yeah, but it's like it's like a Rousseauian, but like very much like return to uh, like a pastoral Arcadia sort of situation. I, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's sure. There's like yeah, there's a Rousseau element of like yeah, we're going to return to a state of nature, but there's also something about the state of nature that this outlines that's so heteronormative and so white that's like fucking bizarre, and it's in Zardoz as well. In Zardoz too, right? Where like. Yeah, and it's also in Logan's Run, right? Like when they break out of the city and it's just like, now we can be man and wife. And you're just like, what? Like, that's what you guys wanted to escape the evil AI for? I don't know. Maybe I'm just... Like uh, the, I mean, Mr. Tops is like the ultimate patriarchy, right? Like this, you're going from a crazy misogynist, patriarchal, totalitarian world to like the perfect patriarchal world I guess. <laughs> skip to the uh the name of this movie it's called the apple right so the oh, whole yeah. thing is a, reli- yeah. a religious allegory it's an allegory right? um about uh you know the app like the music industry i guess represents the apple that she bites the temptation yeah that she you know bites and then is able to escape from um so the whole thing the whole thing is ultimately like religious right i mean that first and foremost, I think the hip, the whole Aquarian thing is like secondary. I think. Yeah. Well, not really. Like when God shows up and saves them all. But well, yeah, so, no, I, I get it. I hear so it. yeah, well, I think that what what that reminds me of is that um, yeah. So th- th- this is an allegory. It's supposed to be a biblical allegory. Like the most, the first story, you know, the story that is sort of at the root and is the, the sort of like. Uh, precedent for like all kinds of storytelling in the Bible is the temptation of Adam and Eve. I mean, like that is, and and the idea that uh, the human condition is arrived at through our own uh, exercise of free will and our engagement in sin. I mean, that's like one of the most basic stories out there. And it's something that like, everybody knows in Western civilization. What I liked about this movie is is that kind of. I mean, like it's. What this show, what movies like this that are that are totally insane, that are like either deep stoned or deep coked, and are just completely off the wall. What they show is that this mode of storytelling in movies is arbitrary. Like they lift a veil. It's like you know, it's like it's like hearing someone who is like very schizophrenic, who is deeply disturbed, speak, and you're like, okay, maybe you realize that like the language that we're talking in is kind of arbitrary and it is in a way kind of meaningless so this whole mode that we live in where we're able to watch movies and sort of take certain things for granted and assume certain things and understand them and appreciate them based on uh just how we've been trained to do that this movie really movies like this and this movie really show like how how kind of like fragile that is and how sort of meaningless that is it's like there's not such a big gulf between this movie and what people would consider like a perfect quote unquote movie like Jaws. You know, it's like there's not that big a difference between them. Like they're both fundamentally on a certain level a ridiculous mode of storytelling, if that makes sense. I don't know if that's like a little too out there for but or it's a little little convoluted and half baked, but I I kind of get what you're saying, where where you're basically saying like when when you read a Lyndon LaRouche pamphlet and it's just like word salad nonsense, you sort of say like, this makes no sense, which is crazy because it shows that 
all of our language is on the precipice of communicating yeah, it just shows how we are to accept certain things and not question certain things and like it doesn't do that by actually leading you down the path to like logically uncover anything it does it in a kind of zen cohen way which is like to like slap you in the face and be like hey all those movies you like they're kind of like this like they're kind of insane but you like them anyway and why is that and it's like well it's because you've been conditioned to in a certain respect yeah except um, it helps when they're not terrible yeah I, I, <laughs> you're right you're right that is the I, flip side to it like this movie is objectively terrible yeah, <laughs> so, yeah i kind of disagree i think we're hardwired to appreciate stories and i think that stories have like a structure to them that's sort of fundamental and necessary for us to understand them in a lot of ways yeah but this movie does point out the absurdity of that because it's so fucking bad yeah i literally I mean, spent the last 20 minutes agape yeah like I, that never happens to me. I could not close my mouth. <laughs> yeah, I could have been other reasons. This is the though. second, the second craziest final closing scene of any well, movie. Okay, so seen. I mean, let's just first fast forward. A boy and his dog. A boy and his dog. Yeah, I mean, let's let's fast forward to the <laughs> to the final scene of this. Hold on, the end of uh, the end of that movie is like actually good in the sense that it subverts stuff right like you walk out of that movie thinking a boy and his dog this one you walk out going like wait what just happened like why did i watch this why was it written who agreed to be in it and why like sam at the end of the boy and his dog the protagonist and his dog kill and eat a human being and then joke no, no, I remember. I'm just saying, like, at okay. least that made me go, like, whoa, what what have I been watching? Like, what is this movie actually about? What is going on here? What are the moral... Right. Alan's bored as hell. I'm sorry, you guys. But I'm just <laughs> saying, like, none of that happened at the end of this movie. I was just like, wait, that was garbage. The end. With Alan's bored, we could talk about math. Have you guys ever tried to multiply two, two three-digit numbers? Forget it. <laughs> Too hard. Uh, I could think of a couple that I, I could multiply pretty easily. Oh well, like a hundred times a hundred is easy, but yeah. <laughs> but a hundred times four hundred. <laughs> yeah. Get, get out, out of here. Out of town. <laughs> get the fuck out of here. The end of the movie finds the protagonist Alfie breaks BB out of her contract with BIM Enterprises and they go to live with these hippies that live in the park, but they also live under the I don't bridge. Know. That's- this is the wrong order. But no, okay, yeah, you're, and you're skipping my favorite line of the movie, which is that, so, okay. so Alfie goes and, okay, there's so many insane things that, so first of all, Alfie goes to that party to find BB. There's that whole At party, that whole party scene. Well, it's like 50 minutes before the end or something, where he sleeps with, so he gets drugged. So first of all, this is a movie oh, yeah, in, which a, in a which a man, orgy. this is a movie in which a man gets date raped, which is insane. Yeah. Um, and so what? Oh, that song also, it's like, usually when there's innuendo in a song, it's like, you know, could have other meanings. That song is just literally about orgasm and sex. Like there is no pretense. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. There's no double meaning. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so he has, 
he has sex with uh, Pandy, and um, the third in command. While yeah. she's yeah right, while she's singing the song, they're also having sex. Um, and then he almost immediately, like right after they're done, he like puts his clothes back on and goes to look for BB again. Uh, and then and then he's drugged, and then finds uh, BB with uh, Rod Stewart, and um, <laughs> and then. And then is like, no, BB, no. And then wakes up in a in a park. And but you skip. Wait, hold on. She also says, "Who are you?" Right. And then later in the movie, remembers that having happened and it having been him. Oh, okay. I didn't even think about that. But there's another there's another thing that doesn't make sense because he wakes up in the park screaming, "BB," and the guy says, "You were dreaming." So was he dreaming or did the party actually happen? Because people also saw him at the party, right? <laughs> Wait, what? That is... Yeah. So, I'm oh, this again. yeah. I think the idea is that he was dreaming. They like dropped him in the park. And then he, was, he was dreaming, dreaming of the party. Yeah. yeah. You gotta get the sense that like they filmed this like, and they like lost the script like yeah. every every time they filmed the scene they like burn the script so they were like uh who remembers what we had what happened in this movie i think it's actually before they shot the scene well and so then he decides to live in the right. park with the yeah. other people he gets woken up by a guy who looks like like dirty gandalf right like yeah, just a really like dirty gandalf. gandalf yeah dirty fat gandalf and then hell's yeah. angels gandalf <laughs> And then lives in the park with these hippies, right? And then BB goes to find him, and it turns out they're living in a cave. And then BB, and then the dirty fat Gandalf takes her to the cave, and then he says, and she goes, "How can they be happy here? This is insane." And he goes, "People, we we like it here. These people don't care about TV." And it's like that's not the only reason that you wouldn't <laughs> want to live in a cave. Like and nobody, <laughs> you brought it up. Yeah, it's like, no, it's TV, almost okay, pretentious. Like, yeah. It's like, yeah, I know, I don't watch television. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, okay. Where? What's your toilet situation like? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Game? They're they're in a place with no light. There's like a right. hundred people hanging out, like in a place with no light, no beds, no chairs. Just the inside of a cave. Like they're they're crammed in there, like yeah. We don't really care for TV in this cave. <laughs> yeah. So then they go out of the cave into the park where they're attacked by the police, who are led by Mr. Boogaloo. Well, which is Boogaloo also, I... but it's also like two years later. Like we oh, right. don't recognize it all. No, he yeah, they look, says it was one year, and they have a like two year old. They child. have like a two year old child, yeah, and he's got like Yo, a full beard. That child is like five. Like, did you look at that child? <laughs> he's in like a baby Bjorn, <laughs> and he's way he's too big to be in the baby Bjorn. Way too big to be in that baby. Oh, <laughs> <shit>. <laughs> yeah, and then so then the police come and surround them, and it looks like they're all about to die. And then out of nowhere, Alfie is like, he's coming. Mr. Top. And she's like, who? And he's like, Mr. Tops. <laughs> who the fuck is Mr. Tops? <laughs> Mr. Tops. 
He was the bearded. He was the bearded, uh, vested hippie man. He was yes. Mr. Tops is played by the same fat Gandalf. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, it's the same actor. Same actor. Oh, oh, really? that, that guy gave off very strong sex offender vibes. <laughs> <laughs> before or after he shaved? Uh, before, mostly after, definitely. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, and then Mr. Tops has his confrontation with Mr. Boogalow, who's like, I'm taking them to a new planet. One where you aren't necessary this time. We'll see how it goes. And then they all leave. <laughs> and Carolyn was like, they all turn into ghosts. And Carolyn is yeah. like, did, he, did, did God just mass murder these people? <laughs> no, it was, they, they, it was uh, the revelation. They were raptured. Yeah, fair enough. They got raptured. But is yeah. that, I mean, and... this, this sort of presumes that the only reason why the devil exists is because God is just like, yeah, I'll, I'll let you hang out and do bad stuff. Like, is that how it works? <laughs> like, so, so now yeah. he, now he's, yeah. now he's like, hey, maybe, maybe I shouldn't have evil in, in the universe. Right. This is, <laughs> yeah. Evil was an oversight. Let's try. <laughs> this isn't, this isn't fun for me anymore. I just want to drive my Rolls Royce. That's <laughs> <laughs> right. This is an entry into the latest entry into an ancient theological debate about whether God allows evil to happen. Yeah. yeah. Or if God is not truly omnipotent. God himself him. can make a doobie so large. Yeah, a challenge. You can't even roast it, man. <laughs> but the, the thing is, I actually, I'm not going to say I liked this ending, but it actually made me like the movie more. Like it brought the movie from a, like a one to a two for me. Really? Yeah. That's because a full, it, that's a hundred percent growth. Because yeah. it, it, it brought some semblance of logic to what I had I'd seen. You know, I guess. Oh, really? Oh, really? <laughs> so you're saying that the scene in which a guy in a white tuxedo we've never heard of before comes down in a ghost Rolls Royce from outer space? <laughs> I got the movie nicely for you. Yeah, introduce sure, okay. logic. This movie sort of was to me a ten out of ten. I, I, I just I love this movie. It's so good. It's fucking garbage. I think this movie would be good if the movies, if, that, if the songs were just not so terrible and hard to. There's, there's not like a, a, there's a four minute scene where it's just, raw. it's just different, like uh, citizens dancing to the national song, "Hey, hey, hey, yes, Bims on the way," yes. and they couldn't be bothered to think of lyrics, so they just repeat, "Hey, hey, Bims on the way" for like two or three minutes. Like yes. also, a lot of the people in those sequ- in that montage didn't know the words. Oh, really? <laughs> Notice that? Yeah, a bunch of them were like, "Hey, <laughs> bim, bim, bim. <laughs> yeah." And there's also this weird thing in the movie, which I guess you already mentioned, which is like at first you think Bim is maybe a band, and then you realize that it's the biggest music label, and then you realize like halfway through the movie, it's also just the government. Like, yeah, it, yeah. <laughs> and then at the end. It's, it's actually it. an army of Satan. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, all right. Should we throw it to endorsements? Uh, Was there, Alan? Do you have anything else that that needs to be said about this movie? I mean, maybe we should say each say whether we suggest people watch it, or I guess we sort of did that already. But yeah. well, yeah, I don't know. I guess uh, I, I would say. I don't know. Don't. don't watch this movie. 
it's so like I mean it's an hour I and a say, half. I think like a lot of movies that are terrible, like it might be worth watching if you go in like armed with the knowledge that it's really the worst movie ever made. Right. Like then it might be there are entertaining parts. There are like some of the songs are kind of catchy even though they're terrible. Some of the dance numbers are kind of fun, even though they're terrible. Some of the acting is, all of the acting is terrible. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So maybe watch it. Yeah. I, um, <laughs> you recommend it, Ref? Yeah. I think I recommend it too. It's pretty terrible. There, there are parts that really drag, I think, uh, and are just horrible. Some of the songs are just horrible, but like it's, you know, it's a it's a cultural touchstone. You know, is it? You need to. Everyone needs to watch this. I think to really call themselves American. Yeah, I don't know, Raph. So you guys are all hard watch on this. You're all like, this is required viewing. That's not absolutely. Good. Yeah. Oh, you. I, I wouldn't recommend I would... paying to watch it, though. I think. No, it's, it's not worth yeah. your money. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm like a soft yeah. don't watch. Like if you love horrible movies that are just unwatchably bad, <laughs> go for it. Have a good time. That, there's a couple of songs in here that are like terrible, but you might sing with your friends later, I guess. If yeah, your friends are sickos like mine. After you were comparing this earlier to Rocky Horror, like almost every song in Rocky Horror is awesome. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And like the acting is not amazing, but the singing is good. The acting right? is good in Rocky Horror. Yeah, the acting nothing. is great. Susan Sarandon, Meatloaf. Susan Sarandon is in it. Tim Curry. Rad. Tim Curry is amazing. Okay, I will not. Obviously, Tim Curry is a god. But yeah, Richard O'Brien. I'm just Rad. saying, Richard O'Brien is also incredible. I'm I'm just saying, like, it is a campy movie. Oh right? yeah, absolutely. In common, but but. There's something missing from this one, which is anything good, I think. Yeah, yeah, I strongly agree. Um, yeah, so should we throw it to endorsements then? Yeah. Sure. Cool. Yeah. All right, Alan, what do you got? Have you guys heard of coffee with a K? No. Like no. the beverage? Yeah. Made from coffee? The beverage, yeah. Spelled wrong. And misspelled? Yeah. Um, she is a, uh, reggae dancehall singer. Um, and she's pretty dope. And she has this, uh, song called repeat that I really like. Um, yeah, she's great. Cool. Hell yeah. Sam, what do you got? Uh, fireworks are cool. Oh, yeah. There've been like nonstop fireworks for a month. I feel like. At least two months. They were it's it's happening in every neighborhood. In every yeah. neighborhood. They were shooting them off in the middle of my block. I didn't understand what, why. Like, where are they even getting them? Pennsylvania. Uh, from all the surplus, because all the 4th of July festivities were canceled all over the country. Uh, <laughs> um, Raph, what do you got? I'm going to recommend a disco band called Space. Uh. French band. Space is really good. I was got, thinking uh, about recommending that too. Magic Fly. Yeah. Turn uh, carry on, turn me on. Yeah. Raph, I have it on pretty good authority that disco's dead. Oh well, that authority is propaganda. Oh. 
That's good. That's the rock authoritarian complex. And I'm here to represent that with my endorsement this week. Uh, I want to endorse Nico's third solo album. Desert which, Shore. Yeah, Desert Shore, which is perhaps oh, so good. one of the most like apocalyptic and terrifying records I have ever listened to. I know, like last yeah. night I was having a hard time falling asleep at like one in the morning and I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to listen to this with all the lights out and scare the shit out of myself. And I did. And it was great. It's like that record okay. and um, the the record by Suicide are like two of the most uns- And the, the first Comus record, those three are like, <laughs> if you want to go insane, listen to these <laughs> records back yeah, I love Desert Shore. Oh, and another record that I absolutely love when we were talking about what music sounds futuristic. And I know, Raph, you take issue with this record, so you could shove it. But um, Noi, uh, Noi 1975. What? No, I love that record. Wait, really? Where, who oh. was it that was hating on Noi to me because like they reissued them in the early aughts with like quotes from Tom York on the front and they sold a lot of copies? Oh, well, that's dumb. This is a great band. Yeah, Noi is an amazing band. So yeah, I strongly recommend Noi. I mean, their first record is great. Their second record is whatever. The final album, Noi 1975, it's got a black cover and it's got just the name. The first song on that album, 40 years old or 45 years old at this point, and it sounds so futuristic. Anyway, I think the first track is called EC, but I might be wrong. Yeah. I love that band. Um, hell yeah. All right. Until next time, guys. I don't know why all my endorsements are German today. I guess. Wait, did Sam do an endorsement? Yeah, he endorsed fireworks. Oh, yeah. That's dumb. Should I have a real endorsement? I don't. Yeah, it's okay. Thanks so much for tuning in, guys. You can follow us on social media. I'm at Asher Lack. At Highly Affiligent. I'm also Asher Lack. I am Asher Lack. I am Asher Lack. <laughs> Sam is at Case of Piles. Alan is at Highly Filgent. Raph is at underscore Perkwonos. And, and we're can, all at Asher Lack. Yeah, and you can follow the show <laughs> on Twitter and Instagram at Robot House Pod, spelled H A U S. H O U S E. H A U S. God damn it. H U A S E. Thanks so much for tuning in. Until next time, guys. Bye. 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 Bye.